We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Bye, fans. For fans, go magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2023. I'm producer Kevin, joined by the co-host of the Six Man Show, Luke Sylvia. And as you will notice, no Jonathan Osborne tonight, the founder, the host, the father of the Six Man Show. Unfortunately, with a nasty stomach bug that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. So it's you and me, uh, Luke, hanging out tonight, man. How are you doing, bro? I, I'm i fantastic, Kevin, and I, uh, I'm i doing better than Jonathan, first of all. Yeah, that's, that's, fact. that's for sure. But I'm, I'm doing really good, and you're doing really good, really well, I should say, because we're rocking the uh, Magic City jerseys for the 23-24 season. The Magic so kindly sent us a box much well that sent us the jersey much like last year but this year they had and youtubers have a better viewing experience for this you've got the box right there it's a shiny silver box with a nice little silver shiny logo magic logo on it you open it up it's got the kingdom on the rise statement story with the the in-season tournament court because the magic will be wearing these jerseys for the in-season tournament games on the box on the inside of the box really really appreciate the magic for sending those our way they are so sick what i will say kevin is that these jerseys they a lot of the leaks were going around um you know before the actual statement of you know showing the jerseys happened and i thought the jerseys were fine i didn't hate them at all i just thought they were i thought they were fine then we saw Paolo and Franz wearing the jerseys when the Magic really started putting it out there. And I was like, oh, those look really good on the players. And then to get them delivered to us and to open the box, I was like, wow, these jerseys are sick. Like they they really are sick. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of them. I uh I definitely like, especially I'm still a fan of like the whole vibe, you know, last season. The vibe of the city jerseys coming into this season, I still love the like the pattern, like the mm-hmm. the really subtle pattern. Mm-hmm. 
um, on like the main body of the jersey, just like last year. I th- still think that's so cool and so unique. There's like not really anything quite like it in the league right now. But then, yeah, love the font. I'm cool with the colors. Like you said, I'm really excited to see it with the court, the in-season tournament court. I, we have to wait a whole nother week for hours, by the way, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm totally a fan of it. I think they're pretty cool. And uh, yeah, especially once they're on the players. You and I were talking about it too, like, When's the last time the Magic had like a standard basketball collar here? Mm-hmm. Like even me just wearing it, I was like, man, I haven't worn a standard collar mm-hmm. NBA jersey in so long. But yeah, the dudes that are way more swole than us, they look, I mean, hey. it, it looks right. It looks right on the NBA players. But yeah, big shout out to the Magic for sending those mm-hmm. our way. It's, it's pretty cool. And um, I believe they have them in the team shop right now, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Are they, you might know better than me, Kevin, as far as availability, where people find them. But in the team shop, I would assume NBA.com or something yep. has them available as well. That's exactly right. Go and yep, you can go and get it because yeah. these jerseys are are awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, we first recommend the Orlando Magic Team Shop for those that are in Central Florida. It's a great place to get it, and plus, you get the official Disney patch if you're into that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, if you are not in Central Florida, you can get it um, uh, at Fanatics or other sites like that. Uh, and a just shameless plug to our friends at Rockham, you can get matching uh, City Edition socks and underwear sure. from our friends at Rockham. So sweet. shameless plug there. Mm-hmm. It's brand new. They just came out with it this past week, so it looks pretty cool. But yeah, you can you can be totally decked out in City Edition gear. But, uh, but yeah, big shout out to the Magic. So, uh, Luke, I wanted to obviously let the people know this is a really big week ahead for the Orlando Magic. Like, definitely the biggest week of the season thus far. And there's a chance that by the end of the season in April, depending on how this week goes, this could we could look back on this week as the most important week of the season. I really genuinely believe that. We're going to talk more about why that is later in the show. But I did want to tell you folks that we have just a slate of content for you guys this week. This is a huge week um, for the Magic and therefore a huge week for the six-man show. So several things you got to hear about, things that are coming up this week that we want you to be a part of. So Tuesday night, the Orlando Magic play their first ever in-season tournament game in the history of the Orlando Magic. In-season tournament game on Tuesday in Brooklyn, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to be on playback for it. If you haven't joined us yet, playback is basically like a, a virtual online watch party. Instead of going to a bar, going to a friend's house, it's a, it's a digital virtual online watch party. So you get in there with other Magic fans in the chat. You'll be hosted by... Uh, Jonathan will be there. Luke will be there for part of it. I'll be there for part of the game. We might all three be there at the same time for some of it. Who knows? Good chance. But we'll be there live watching the game together, reacting to the game. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We've done several of these this season. You guys have really enjoyed them. We're going to do that for this big game on Tuesday, first season, in-season tournament game. So definitely check that out. That's play, playback.tv slash the six man show. Uh, then, uh, of course, there's another game on Wednesday in Chicago. Then Friday, this is the big one, Luke. This is the big one for us. The second in-season tournament game, this one's in Chicago, so another road game. But for us, it is our first watch party of the season, and we're picking it up just like we left off. We finished our last watch party last season with the NBA draft lottery at Wall Street Plaza. And guess what? We're running it back. Wall Street Plaza. This Friday, game tips off at 8, so get there about 7.30 to hang out for the uh, festivities. Luke, it's going to be mad. Like, if you were there for the the lottery watch party, you know it was insane. We need to carry those vibes over from that night to Friday night. A huge game, in-season tournament game. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. And then lastly, I'll just say, of course, we have our post-game live after each and every Orlando Magic game. That's been a lot of fun. I've been able to host those so far. It's been so much fun, and I know this week's going to be a great week. But Luke, I had to mention Friday, the watch party. I'm trying to think back to last season. I feel like Mm. you were present for a certain watch party that also happened to be the Magic playing in Chicago against the Bulls. You want to remind the Mm. folks like maybe how that game went, how that watch party went? I'm trying to remember. Listen, man, this, this game was a thriller this game was a great and you know a great environment i will say not there was people that kind of trickled out at some point maybe after halftime that i guarantee you wish that they had stayed for the whole thing (laughs) because we all know how this one ends jalen suggs big shot after vucevic misses free throws crucial free throws at the end of that game jalen suggs goes down hits the shot right and the place erupts like I said, people had left. And so it was it was super special that the people remaining got to celebrate like we got to celebrate. Video, we post it. Uh, Terrence Ross repost that video. Jalen Suggs repost that video. A lot of people in that video. So there's a chance that something similar happens in this game at the watch party. It'll be on Wall Street. Wall Street is a totally different environment than you know, any other place, if I'm being frank, like just incredible. It's got kind of a block party type of environment to it. Super exciting. You do not want to miss it because you could be a part of a similar experience. Who knows? Maybe Jalen Suggs hits another uh, game winner. Effectively, Paolo, Franz, anybody's capable of it. It is a great possibility. Yeah. And not only just for the game, obviously this game has two sides of the coin. Number one, it's it's a it's a regular season game, quote unquote. It counts to the regular season standings. But two, being an in season tournament game, it just amps it up that much more. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter how Tuesday goes, you know, against the uh, uh, against the Nets on Tuesday, whether it's a win or a loss, Friday is going to be a huge game because let's say you're one and zero after beating the Nets, you have a chance to go two and zero when you face the Bulls, and then you're neck and neck with the the Celtics, who will also be two and zero by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you lose to the Nets, then Friday becomes a must-win game if you want to stay alive in the in-season tournament. You can't lose. Once you lose two games, you're more than likely out uh, of contention for moving on. So either way, it's a big game Friday. It's going to be a big watch party at Wall Street, and obviously we want all the biggest and best Magic fans to be there, so you definitely don't want to miss that again. Friday, Wall Street Plaza. Get there about 7.30. Game tips off at 8. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Kevin, is the part of the show we're going to do what we do every week State of the Magic. This week, Kevin, the Magic go one and two with losses to the Mavericks, to the Hawks, and as we know, the win at home against the Milwaukee Stinking Bucks. Mm. What a game, man. And we'll talk more about that. We'll break that down and the Hawks game in Mexico City here as we go on. And as we record this, the Magic sit at sixth in the Eastern Conference with a record of five and four. And as of Sunday afternoon, the Magic are 22nd in the league an offensive rating at 109.9, and they are third in defensive rating at 105.9, eighth Ooh. in net rating, sitting at four in net rating. So not much on the defensive side has changed in terms of where the Magic fall. It is super interesting, though. Last week, the Magic were like 15th in offensive rating with 109.8, 
and they are 0.1 points better and they are 22nd in the league in offensive rating so the league seems to be getting in the groove the magic just got to make sure that they don't get left in the dust at that point on offense but when you got a defense that's third in defensive rating goes back to a lot of what steve clifford said right all he said and we say it on the show all the time make the postseason have a give yourself the best shot possible be top 10 in defensive rating or offensive rating and then the other thing what he say and then the flip side of that you know whatever it is that you need to be like top 15 i think is what he said so the magic have put themselves in a great spot to succeed being third in defensive rating and that eighth and that rating is big too that that plus four yeah i I was a little bit worried after the the Hawks game on Thursday about the defensive rating there, but mm-hmm. it's crazy. I mean, obviously it helps that you bounce back with the performance against the Bucks, where you hold them under a hundred. But yeah, defensive rating. I mean, third in the league, and this is—I don't want to say this is a big sample size, obviously, but nine games isn't necessarily small either. Like, obviously, you—I don't know if I expect the Magic to finish top three in defensive rating, but the fact that you're nine games in over a tenth of the way through the season, which is hard to believe, by the way, that we're already a tenth of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, still being, you know, third in defensive rating, that's that's super impressive to me. And the last part of State of the Magic here, Kevin, is the injury report. Unfortunately, we got a few guys on it still. And mm-hmm. uh, one of, you know, the two guys we've definitely been used to here over the last, like, you know, week or so, more than that, Gary Harris with that right groin strain, Wendell Carter Jr. with that fractured third metacarpal, as we remember, injured in that Jazz game on a really unfortunate freak accident there on November 2nd. Markel Fultz is the other one, Kevin. A late scratch once again. Second time this year against the Bucks In the starting lineup, I believe, is what they had said. Yep, he was, yeah. They had him on the graphic, everything. Injury report, he wasn't even there. He wasn't even listed as a game-time decision. Nothing to make us think that he would be a late scratch is a late scratch were to assume it is just all because of that tendonitis swelling due to how his knee reacted and and warm-ups it's really concerning to be honest with you and i don't know too much i say this all the time i give this disclaimer all the time (laughs) i don't know anything i don't try jonathan (laughs) does the the deep dives and the research on these injuries and likes to be well educated about it i don't know what any of it means what i do know is that there are people that know more than me, even the common person. Jonathan knows more than me about injury stuff because of his research. I was talking to um, Blake Gifford after the game, and Blake was talking to me. He's the brother of Ben, who does the six-fan show for us here. And I was like, man, yeah, the late scratch with Markel, kind of concerning. He was like, it's not like it's not tendonitis, is it? I was like, it's tendonitis is what they're calling it. And he was like, oh, that's not good. And I was mm. like, oh, I don't tell me that. I don't even know what you know, but don't tell me that. So I, I am very concerned about Markel Fultz and just will we have to worry about that all year? That he's going to maybe be a late scratch? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's where I am too because obviously the health of Markel is the most important thing. But then I also think about what does that do for the whole rest of the team, like the psyche of the team, mm-hmm. the fact that you can spend a day or days preparing for an opponent thinking that your lineup is going to be a certain way. Um, and then you roll out there and an hour before the game goes, you have to pull him from the starting lineup and not just pulling from the starting lineup, but pull him from playing at all. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the whole rotation changes and all that kind of stuff. So, on, on the flip side, Kevin to that though, yeah. there is that 
yes, you have to prepare a game plan for Markel Fultz as if he's going to go every night maybe at this point. Um, I'm assuming they'll keep him out for uh, a few games maybe at this point. I have no idea. Again, I know nothing. Yeah. But this also means that the opposing team has to game plan for a couple different scenarios on yeah. any given night. And you've got a game plan now for Anthony Black who has proven, and as you talked about on the post-game live show recently, has proven that he is not going to be a net negative for this team. Right. He's, he may not win you ball games, every ball game specifically, but he is not going to lose you these games. Teams have to take yeah. Anthony Black seriously. And uh, that is the beauty of this, is that teams have to prepare. And we are comfortable at this point. I, I'm, I'm sure you are as well. I'm pretty comfortable with Anthony Black in the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm definitely comfortable in what we've seen with him. Starting lineup, bench unit, whatever. I think he's the real deal. I certainly think, as you mentioned, I've, I just recently talked about this in the Bucks game, on the post-game live, he doesn't lose you basketball games, at least not yeah, yet. Right. A relatively small sample size, but um, obviously been impressed with Anthony Black. And just a side note, the dude's got a little bit of attitude, which I did not expect. That's incredible. You know, like he's got three techs already, three technical fouls, and we're nine games into his NBA career. He's got three techs, which I think is kind of fun. But, you know, I don't well, know. Well, you've seen it. Me. Every time he hits a corner three, turns around and talks to the bench. It doesn't yep. matter. What they're and at yep. this point, I'm like, man, he's instigating on these on these corner threes, and I love it. I love yeah. the, the fire that he plays with. He's not scared of the moment. It all is is great signs for Anthony Black. Yeah, which is fun because obviously you and I do not know Anthony Black personally, but as you watch him, at least in the draft process and you know after the draft and all that kind of stuff, he seems like kind of a soft spoken, you know, just very you know well mannered, you know, kind dude. I know I'm sure he is all of those things, but it might just be one of those things where he gets on the court and a, a switch flips, you know. But either way, I love it. I love the energy. I love that he's got a little bit of an edge to him and obviously definitely trust him, like we said. But yeah, the Markel stuff is concerning, something to certainly keep an eye on uh, as we go throughout the season. And again, tendonitis apparently tends to flare up and hopefully um they can they can somehow get get a hold of that. But um we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Monday's show, Luke. And as we have done, our new tradition here on the Six Man Show for this 23 24 season, our Monday episode is where we get to unveil the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. And this week, Luke, there were several different contenders. We thought about the Jalen lob off the backboard to Palo in Mexico City, which was a lot of fun. You even came with a great idea, and we ended up giving it honorable mention. Jamal Mosley's dunk 
uh, in practice, which was a clip that went on the on the uh, Magic social media channels, which I thought was great. Very funny. Love to see the head coach dunk. I wonder how many head coaches in the NBA can still dunk. I don't know. It's probably very small. Yeah, I guess Jamal's one of the younger ones in the league. Yeah. And not all of those guys played ball. Like I was about to say, most of them have never dunked in their life, but uh, Tom you know, Thibodeau is never dunking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve Clifford, no chance. No. Um, but yeah, so we, we honorable mention in Jamal Mosley, but we ended up giving the nod to Mr. Goga Batadze. Goga Batadze, Monday against the Dallas Mavericks, gets the ball kind of near the top of the key and hands it off to Jalen Suggs and just rolls to the basket. And Jalen kind of, you know, lobs it up over to Goga. And it wasn't just an alley-oop. It was alley-oop over Dwight Powell. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a nice, nice play. Uh, And, you know, a great play for Goga. We wanted to give him some flowers. He's been kind of thrust into this starting lineup with Wendell being hurt. You know, and he's been solid. He's been good. Another guy that, you know, I wouldn't say he's lost your basketball games. Has he fumbled the ball several times? Has he missed shots at the rim? Sure. But he's giving you some rim protection and uh, some relatively good defense. And he's just a solid guy. So that ends up being this week's Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. Now, Luke, mm. on Saturday, before the Bucks game, you had the privilege, the honor, the delight of enjoying some jam hot chicken for yourself. Luke, I want you to tell the people, because this is your first time. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming, but this is your first time experiencing jam hot chicken. Luke Sylvia, yeah. tell the people about your experience at jam hot. You, myself, and Jonathan are at a disadvantage compared to the other Winter Park Orlando locals because we do not live in that area, right? And so yeah. to this point... You and Kev, uh, you and Jonathan have tried it, and Ben from the Six Fan Show had also tried it, and I had not. All I was going off of was hearsay. Now I trust y'all's opinion with food a lot, Kevin. I will say that I trust you guys, and all three of you guys were talking, just raving about this chicken sandwich specifically, and that is the best chicken sandwich you've ever had. I was like, I trust them that it is very good. Is it going actually to be the best ever? Dude, I went, I risked it for the biscuit or the chicken sandwich, I should say. I was on my way. I was. I got stuck in traffic. I was cutting it close. I was trying to make it to the pregame presser to, to talk to Jamal Mosley, obviously. And I was like, no, I got to go. Like, To be honest with you, Kevin, my mindset was I'm getting this chicken sandwich. I might miss the pregame presser. That was my, I was like, I have to get my hands on a, on a Sando. So I go um, there for those of you guys that don't know, Jam Hot Chicken is located there at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. And it's a cool little outside setup. They've got windows to take your order right there. It's not a drive through option. You, you go, you can order online as well. And that website, jamhotchickenfl.com. You can look at the menu, order ahead, all that kind of stuff. I am eating this in my car as I'm driving, Kevin. It's not a great for me in this. Like I wanted to be able to sit down and eat this sandwich. Right. I'm in my car driving, hoping I don't spill anything on my shirt. And there's there's pickles on this. Great, great pickles. House-made pickles. House-made pickles. Big pickle guy. And some slaw with the vinegar base. The vinegar base was incredible. Not super mm. mayonnaise but the vinegar was awesome. Dude, even the bun was was awesome. It's legit. I got a couple bites of just the bun by itself, and it was it was awesome. the 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 actual chicken 
the fillet, the breast, I guess. I'm yep. not a big, yeah I, yeah, I don't know these terms. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> I, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I, it was just tender and flavorful. I got mild. So the, 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 the jam hot chicken rule of thumb is however hot you think you can handle, go one below it. That's right. I think I could handle, I think the next one up is medium maybe. I was like, no, I'm just going to go mild. The lowest spice level they have. And I still got the taste of it. The spice came through still. The slaw was incredible on it. I I cannot say enough about this chicken sandwich. So you guys go out, do it for yourself. See for yourself, just like I did. I didn't want to just take their word for it. Don't take our word for it. Go try it yourself. Tell them that they sent you. The other thing, last thing here before we move on, Kevin. Andrew, the owner, the founder of Jam Hot Chicken, is working. He is behind the counter. He is yep. busting his butt. No matter when you go, the dude is there. He was there. Running. He took my order. And the, the dude just wants to be involved. He's so hands-on. He's got other guys, other people working there. And still, man, is in the thick of it. They are crushing it over there at Jam Hot Chicken. Raving reviews on Yelp all the time. Yelp ranks them high in Florida restaurants, man. They, they're awesome. Go and see them. Yeah, and some big-time Magic fans. Andrew is a huge Orlando Magic fan. That's the reason we even partner with them is because mm-hmm. we started talking on Instagram and obviously found this mutual love for Orlando Magic and good food and good vibes and all that stuff. So, yeah, big shout-out to Jam Hot Chicken. All right, Luke, let's talk about some basketball games. This week, uh, since our last episode on Thursday, the Magic played uh, in Mexico City against the Hawks and then on Saturday, of course, against the Bucks. We'll, st- we'll start with this, uh, this Hawks game. In Mexico City, obviously, it's always a little bit strange and odd when you have these games that are just so different, you know, uh, for example, a game that's in a different country, you know, in Mexico, obviously, it's it kind of throws off everything. It throws off the travel schedule. It throws off the just the rhythms that you're in. Um, it's in a, you know, which is technically like mountain time zones, two hours, you know, behind, you know, eastern time zone. So it's a 930 tip time and. You're in a foreign country and all these different things. And so it's just a different vibe. And so when you go into a game like that, you really don't know know what to expect for either team. And what we got was uh, not necessarily great. You know, it ends up being obviously a tight game, one point game, but some things were good. A lot was not good in this game. And obviously this game ended up coming down to the wire. Um, I don't even know where to even start with this game. I guess we could start with how it ended. And then we could work our way back. Obviously, this game, as I said, down to the wire, ends up with a Palo Bancaro wide open three that could potentially give you the lead. Right after, I should mention, I got to mention the play before because Trey Young, who I can't stand, by the way, I'm not giving him flowers, but I'm going to slightly give him one flower. If there's any part of his game that I admire and respect, it's his vision. He's an incredible passer of the basketball. He's so good. And it ended up being part of the game-winning play when he made that ridiculous pass to, to DeJounte Murray in the corner, which was insane. So, Bucks, or excuse me, Bucks, Hawks take the lead. Magic come down the other end, get a wide-open Palo Bancaro three that doesn't go. Scramble for the rebound. Markel gets it, tosses it back. And uh, even with a timeout, they didn't weren't able to take a timeout and time expires and Magic lose. In very heartbreaking fashion because this was a very hard-fought game. Um... But there were a lot of holes in this game, a lot of reasons why the Magic lost. And if you ask me, 
between all the close games this season, the Lakers game on the road, the Mavericks game on Monday, this Hawks game was the game that the Magic really should have won. Like, so many reasons. One play better. If you make one more play, if you make, you know, one or two more free throws, one fewer turnovers, this was the game of really fine margins, and the Magic just made one less play than the Hawks. This was a game I really thought they should have won. Luke, what kind of thoughts do you have about this Hawks game? Since you obviously talk about the end of this game, I do want to talk about one thing that was probably a learning experience for our guy, Paolo Bancaro. Mm. He's not used to, in that last line of defense, having a guy that can block shots. Yeah, The Magic are up one with a minute left, Kevin. And a minute and three left. The Magic up 117-116. Trey Young drives to the bucket, gets past Paolo Bancaro. Paolo has J.I. as the last line of defense. And Paolo just swiftly smacks Trey Young on the back of the head trying to go for the ball. Sends Trey Young to the free throw line. I believe he splits those. Ties the game. In this scenario, you have just got to let like live with it. Either J.I. swats that ball or does what you're going to do anyway, which is foul him. That's right. And J.I. is going to get harder foul on Trey Young in that instance. <laughs> Maybe benefit you a little bit more going to the free throw line, knowing you know that he ran into Jonathan Isaac. But I, I think in that instance, that's where you've got to know KYP, know your personnel. Mm. Know Jonathan Isaac is down there and is more than capable of making that play. So in hindsight, that was one of the things down the stretch that I was like, this is just a young team that is learning, but you've got to let Jonathan Isaac at least attempt to block that shot and go the other way, keep your one-point lead. So that's one of my takeaways there down the stretch. Yeah, that's such a good point, man. It's it's a new experience, like you said. The fact that Jonathan Isaac is even seeing the floor right now is a new experience Mm -hmm. for all of these guys. And the fact that he's now being slowly given a longer leash and is playing now crunch time in some of these games is a totally new experience. Uh, and we're going to, at least I'm going to mention Jonathan Isaac here in a little bit. You know, we're going to talk about his, his numbers and his minutes and all that kind of stuff this week. But I did want to talk about a couple other, you know, really tough spots in this game that led to the loss. Obviously there is a very bright spot in Jalen Suggs. We can mention him in a second, but the other guy I had to mention, the other thing I wanted to mention was Franz. I, I mentioned this in the post game live. I thought, just by the eye test, not necessarily by stats, but by the eye test, I thought this might have been Franz's worst game in a Magic uniform. I thought he looked lost at times. Very inefficient, by his, especially by his standards. 5 of 12 from the free, from, from the field. <laughs> from the free. <laughs> 5 of 12 from the, from the field. 0 of 1 from 3 with 4 turnovers. And I think he probably contributed to maybe one or two others that are, that don't show up in the box score. Um, poor, poor decision-making defensively. Maybe even lackluster effort defensively at several times. I just thought all in all, again, just by the eye test, I thought it was probably his worst performance in a Magic uniform, which was surprising. Some people have said maybe it was the altitude, maybe it was, who knows. But that was disappointing. And then the fact that Paolo and Franz together combined for nine turnovers. We haven't even talked about free throws yet, because we will. Mm -hmm. But that in itself, like your two best guys, your two key guys, they cannot 
combine for nine turnovers and you have a chance to win a game. The fact that they did combine for nine and you still lost by a point says something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was a little bit concerning for me. Paolo Bancaro, I believe, I believe it was after the Bucks game, or no, maybe it was in the post game, uh, the stand up interview with Dante following the game against the Bucks. Dante basically just asking his feelings on the win and whatever and being back home and Paolo saying something to the effect of we didn't think like we definitely didn't play well against Atlanta against a pretty good Atlanta team this far in the season and we only lost by one right so Paolo himself admitting not the greatest game and obviously you know there's a, a lot to learn from it it was a weird environment being in Mexico City instead of like at home. It's really, I, I'm still irritated that you lose that home game when it should have been like yeah. you're just comfy at home for an extended period of time. So kind of breaks up that home stand. But yeah, just a little irritating. Now, I do want to talk about the free throws. I was going to save the the tweet from our guy Fazan until talking about after the Bucks game. But now's the best time because... Yeah. In this game against the Hawks, the Magic shoot an abysmal number from the free throw line, Kevin. The Magic get to the line 35 times, which is awesome. Mm. The Magic are no stranger to the free throw line, especially this year and last year. Funny part is, as well, I will acknowledge this too, Kevin. Two seasons ago, season before Paolo Bancaro, the Magic were dead last in free throw attempts. Yep. Now we are looking at the point where the Magic, that, that's not the case anymore. They've got Paolo Bancaro. they got Franz Wagner. they got guys getting to the mm. line. They are second now at 28 mm. free throws a game behind only Milwaukee. Yeah. But if you were going to get to the line, you need to be able to make them consistently. And the Magic, that's the next step for this team. We saw it against the Bucks. They are capable of it. But against Atlanta, you miss 10 free throws. You go 25 of 35. Not great. To this point in the year, I think you're shooting 74%, which puts you one of the worst teams in the league of free throw shooting. But against Atlanta, 10 free throw misses. That's a one-point loss. At Utah, you miss nine free throws. That's a two-point win. 14 free throw misses against the Clippers. That's a 16-point loss. Portland, 11 misses from the free throw line. That's a five-point win. In the games that you've won against Portland and Utah, those are small wins in terms of margin. They can be a lot larger if you just knock down your free throws. A lot less sweating in that game happen, and those games happen. Against Atlanta, you win that game if you make a couple more free throws. Yep. You lose by one. You're in a track meet with the Atlanta Hawks, which is a place you shouldn't be in. At halftime, it was an outrageous score. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but it was like 60-something to 70 or whatever it was, right? Yeah, high scoring game at halftime in that Atlanta game. Writing's on the wall. You're probably not going to be able to keep up with Atlanta somehow, some way. You keep up with them, and to make matters worse, if you just knock down a couple free throws, you win this game as well. You really sneak out a win against Atlanta. You don't play well. You somehow keep up with the offensive firepower, but free throws lose you this game. Yeah, I mean, you, there's no way to sugarcoat it. You said it. You lose by one. You missed 10 free throws. Do the math. Mm-hmm. What, what was interesting about this game when it comes to the free throw line, when we talk about the Bucks here in a little bit, we'll talk about their horrible sh- free throw shooting, but that was all attributed to one person. You know, we talk about the fact that Powell gets to the line a lot. 
this game was incredibly even from the free throw line. Powell shot four, Franz two, Goga four, Markel three, Jalen six, Cole six, Anthony Black two, Mo Wagner one, and the leader of the team in free throw attempts, Jonathan Isaac with seven. So it's not like we can sit here and blame one guy for the reason why we missed 10 free throws mm. like you can, like like the Bucks can with Giannis. It was just like a, a contagious thing that night, which is just so hard to watch sometimes when that happens. But I'm not a hooper. I, I can't ever say that I have been. I've never been a part of an organized basketball team. But it's a thing. Like we've seen, you see it at all levels of basketball from high school, college, NBA. Sometimes there are just some nights where it's contagious, whether it's free throws or three pointers or whatever. And unfortunately, that was the case. Uh, um, on Thursday in Mexico City against Atlanta. Yeah, that was that was painful when a game is right there for the taking and you just can't can't see it through. The bright spots of this game, though, I mean, we have to talk about Jalen Suggs. He was sensational on both ends of the floor. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from defensively, but a career-high six steals, which, by the way, right after the game was seven steals. I don't know what happened. There's been all kinds of different changes in the uh, the scorekeeping this season. But ends up with six steals, a career high, but offensively, 21 points, 7 10 from the field, 4 and 5 from three. Uh, just a sensational night from Jalen, which would continue obviously on Saturday, but um, obviously really, really great to see to see Jalen. And then the bench played pretty well as well. Jonathan Isaac, I, mean, I said I was going to mention him. He plays 16 minutes in this game on Thursday and include, including crunch time minutes down the stretch, you know. We're just coming off of the fact that earlier in the week, Jonathan Isaac missed a game for resting, you know, whatever small ailment he had at the time. As this team slowly, and I mean painfully slowly, brings him back into the fold to see him play not just 16 minutes, but to see him get crunch time minutes in the fourth was great. And obviously, we're going to talk about it in a second, but the fact that he turned right around and played 17 minutes against the Bucks. I couldn't believe it. It's a great sign for the Magic to see him back in the fold. And like you mentioned, it's a totally different dimension to this team when you have him on the floor, when you have him in in the defense, you know, down the stretch. Um, just really good, at least from my standpoint, to see Jonathan Isaac playing minutes again. Yeah, and the, the next point I want to make, Kevin, is a point that I've made a couple times before, but just want to continue to re-emphasize it because it is that important the Magic finally can mostly afford for a, a, a key player or two to be off that night and still be competitive. Yeah. Trey Young has 41 points in this game. 13 free throws, by the way. Just a free throw merchant. <laughs> yeah. 12 of 13 yeah. from the line. And the Magic, Cole Anthony. One of seven from the field. Joe Ingles, one of six from the field. J.I., three of eight. Your your bench, from a shooting perspective, is definitely not efficient in this one. Mm. Your whole bench unit, we're not just talking about one or two key guys. Your whole bench unit was not great in terms of you know efficiently putting the, the ball in the basket, which needs to happen to, to score points and win games. But the Magic still loses one by only one. I yeah. I can't emphasize enough if this team has this you know that type of efficiency struggle especially from the bench last year you get your doors blown off. That's a great you, point. You can't keep up with if you last year if we go into a game and you're like Trey Young drops 41 points. What happened? 
oh, the Magic probably lose by 10 plus points. Magic lose by one. And the truth is, you hit a couple of free throws. Cole Anthony doesn't make only one shot in this game. You win this game. So, although it did sting, there is a ton yeah. of silver lining from this game. And that's the truth yeah. of the matter. This team is is on the path to being a good team. And when you consider the fact that this is without two of your key players, Wendell and Gary Harris, both out, and yet all the surrounding cast was able to, as you said, somehow put together a performance in spite of all those things, and you only lose by one. Again, you're only one play away from winning this game. Mm-hmm. As you said, just big kudos to this team and the, the progress that we've been seeing. Uh, guys, before we move into the Bucks game, we definitely want to tell you about the people that make this show possible. These are our lovely patrons. These are the people that help financially support the six-man show. Uh, they're really special people, and they have a very special place in our hearts uh, because they believe in us. They believe in this project that we have, this whole idea of uniting Orlando Magic fans and making a space for Magic fans to to hang out and enjoy games and talk about it and listen to cool Orlando Magic content. And so each and every show, we shout out our Hall of Fame and our elite tier patrons uh, because they're awesome, and it's, it's something that we like to do for them. And so we're going to kick it off with... Uh, Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, D- Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, congratulations, Mikey, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, shout out, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lingone, Jose Esquilin, uh, Caleb Pete, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Barus, Half Reekin, uh, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, RM Prov 221, Ray Pastrana, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Brov Sal, Kaysen Green, Sansi Leone, Kane Eckler, The Distract, and Ahmad Timsa. Again, big shout out to all of our patrons. If you would like to join our Patreon and support The Sixth Man Show, you can visit patreon.com slash The Sixth Man Show. All right, Luke. Uh, we talked about progress. We talked about this team making progress over the course of one season. The Orlando Magic made some big progress on Saturday, not only getting a win, but the fact that you lost to this team 14 consecutive times in the regular season before this game on Saturday, which, by the way, I like that we have to add that in the regular season because of game one uh, in 2020 of the first-round playoffs, uh, which, thank goodness that we won that game because otherwise, if you add four to that, then this is an 18-game losing streak altogether uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. But 14 games in the regular season, I mean... From the jump, you know, I, I mentioned this again on the post game live. I was really concerned about this game. When you look at the schedule, the fact that the Magic played in Mexico City Thursday night with a late tip, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You play in Mexico City, a tough place to play, an unfamiliar environment at altitude. You have to turn around less than 48 hours, fly all the way back to Orlando, play one of the best teams in the NBA. I was definitely concerned. I had almost written it as a schedule loss. But again, with this team, with you know the energy that they have, the hustle that they have, the passion that they have, a Jamal Mosley coach team is never just going to roll over and just say, oh, it's a schedule loss. They're always going to give their best. But even with that, I wasn't sure how this game was going to go. We find out before the game tips off that Damian Lillard is a no-go. So that was obviously a big boost 
for this team to not for the Magic to you know to not have to face him because that dude. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that dude's special. So you go into this game, no Damian Lillard. As we mentioned earlier, you go into this game expecting to have Markel Fultz, and then at the last minute he gets pulled because of that knee. And so Anthony Black, Anthony Black again starts for the Magic. And what a start it was. You know, for this team, the first quarter, you go out, you win the entire first half. You beat them 29, 25 in the first quarter. In the second quarter is when you really, really, you know, establish the gap there with 36 to 24 in that second quarter. I was really impressed with how this team came out. They could have come out tired, lethargic, you know, physically, mentally tired again from that trip to Mexico City. But a great start for them and just a great night for a lot of guys. Paolo, Franz, Jalen, all sensational for the starters. We already mentioned Jonathan Isaac playing 17 minutes, the most minutes he's played since the bubble, which is crazy. Uh, and obviously, wire-to-wire win, basically, for this team. Uh, love to see it, and it gets a really big opponent. Uh, Luke, let's start. Your thoughts on on this huge win against the Milwaukee Bucks? Very impressive, obviously. Uh, not breaking news to anybody. I don't... I Listen... I've had, I've seen it on social media. I've heard it from people that I know. Well, great job. You beat the Bucks, but they didn't have Damian Lillard. Do you think I care that this team didn't have <laughs> Damian Lillard? I will say there's also a shift in perspective for me. I tweeted about this from our account on Twitter, or X, sorry. I said there's been a shift in perspective. I hope it's for a lot of Magic fans. I don't think that it's maybe totally the case yet. But as this team gets better, you're going to the game because you love the magic and you're a fan of the magic. You, I'm not, I am no longer, obviously, it's just maybe, I don't know, growing up, but, and then seeing some of those guys already play in person before. But I, I'm no longer going to these games because, oh man, I need to see, I need to say Damian Lillard play in person. But to this point, I don't know that I have mm. and still haven't. But my initial reaction to him not playing wasn't, ah, dang, I didn't get to see Damian Lillard. I don't get to see him play tonight. I've mm. never seen him before. I was like, this is a huge opportunity for this team. Markel Fultz is a scratch as well. After Damian Lillard news breaks, you've got to win this game. That's your mindset. That's my mindset at that point. And, you know, there's always going to be people in there that are just maybe younger or whatever, just don't care as much to see the team necessarily win. They're like, oh, man, I wish Dane would have played. It's no longer the perspective anymore. And it hasn't been that way for a few years. But that was like it at that point. It hit me. I was like, man, I'm I am relieved that Damian Lillard isn't playing in this game. And the fact that the Magic pull this out with Anthony Black starting at point guard. I, I can't say enough about this team. That's such a good point. I love that, Luke. The fact that it's very similar to the Lakers game in a lot of ways, at least for me, where, yeah, and this was you who said this, so I'll give you credit, how many people went to go see LeBron James play but stayed to watch Paolo Bancaro play, mm-hmm. you know? It's probably very similar on Saturday night. Giannis is obviously one of the best players in the league, reigning uh, MVP, all those things. Or no, sorry, Joel Embiid's the reigning MVP. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Previous MVP. Uh, Giannis incredible basketball player, NBA champion, all those things, just a absolute freak of nature. He's well worth any NBA ticket price. I'm just saying he's incredible. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of people, you know, obviously went to the, this game on Saturday to see him play, but instead they got to see 
an incredible show, not just by the Magic as a whole, but specifically by the Magic's key young guys. Paolo, amazing night for Paolo. 26 points for him, along with 12 boards, 5 assists, a steal, a solid 10 of 22 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. A great Paolo stat line. And the last stat line of 20-year-old Paolo Bancaro, obviously happy belated birthday to Paolo, who turned 21 on Sunday. Uh, which is still crazy that he did those things at 20 years old, Luke. Mm -hmm. Like, that is ridiculous. That's crazy. But in addition to Paolo, Franz with a a great bounce-back game after Thursday's game. 24 points for him, 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 6 boards, 3 assists, a steal, and then Jalen just continues to be sensational on both ends. 20 points for him. He shot 10 free throws in this game. I don't know if that's his career high, but it's got to be really stinking close if it isn't. Just a great night. Mo Wagner was great off the bench. We already mentioned Jonathan Isaac, not just playing 17 minutes and scoring 10 points, but playing great defense on Giannis and, and the whole Bucks, you know, team. But great defense on Giannis, and uh, yeah, just a, a really great, solid win for this Magic team. Just to follow up on the Jalen Suggs thing, mm-hmm. um, let's see. We said he had what? He had 10, 10 free throw attempts. Yeah, his career high is 11 against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. November 3rd, 2022. Oh, I was at that game. Yeah. yeah, that was the big game last year, the home game mm-hmm. where he clamped down Steph Curry, got the two steals down the stretch and hit the three, all that good stuff, which was a crazy game. Yeah. 11 free throws that game. 11 wow. free throws that game. This game against Milwaukee ties the second. The other one that he had was 10 free throws against the Lakers January of 2022. There's one thing about Jalen Suggs. He loves the big moments. He does. Those are all big yeah, opponents. Think about that. Those are all big opponents. The Warriors, the Bucks, the Lakers, and that Warriors game. He's obviously, as we know, he has a stat line of 26 points, 9 assists, 4 steals. Milwaukee, he has 20 points. Um, he has 20 points in that one. Efficient night as well. You know, forty, basically 46% from the field, 50% from 3. Lakers, 10 free throw attempts in that one. Scores 22 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists. He... he Listen, bright lights, I'm not worried about Jalen Suggs. The Mm -hmm. only thing I'm worried about Jalen Suggs on any given night, especially big nights, (laughs) is that he's going to go too fast and injure himself in some way, shape, or form. But, man, the the kid knows how to be aggressive and use his body to get to the free throw line. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier, you win this game in the first half. Like I said, literally, statistically speaking, that's where you literally win the game because... Uh, the Bucks actually outscore you by a point in the second half, which I thought was really impressive, like I said, coming off that Mexico City game. But in both of these games, Luke, the Hawks game, the Bucks game, the Magic, no pun intended here, bucked the trend that they've had. Okay, I intended it. They bucked the trend that they've had for most of this season. They win the third quarter against the Hawks, and they end up tying in the third quarter against the Bucks somehow, because I thought the Magic played really poorly in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So you do like to see that progress. You know, the the previous couple weeks of the season, Magic just could not win a third quarter. I mean, they won a couple, but a lot of the games they lost in the third quarter. Um, And so obviously great to see this team play really well in the third quarter, at least well enough in the third quarter of both of these games. Uh, But yeah, I already mentioned a little bit, but the fact that Jonathan Isaac played 16 minutes and then 17 minutes in, you know, consecutive games, I just... That's that's just, I could not believe that. That's like the biggest stat line for me of this whole entire week. Obviously, the wins are great and all that stuff, 
but 17 minutes from Jonathan Isaac after playing 16 minutes really kind of sheds some light on the fact that he's he's starting to be able to play some basketball. And, and we know he said, you know, in the preseason, well, in uh, at media day, he was like, if it's up to me, I'm going. Like, I'm I'm going. And so it looks like slowly but surely, the front office, the training staff is is letting Jonathan Isaac play basketball, and that is exciting. As I said earlier, Kevin, I got the opportunity to go to this game, cover it under the six-man show, be a part of the pregame and postgame availability. And in this one, I asked Jamal Mosley, Coach Mosley, after the game, J.I., 17 minutes against the Bucks, coming off, what, 16 against the Hawks, closing lineup once again at the five, playing the center position. And I just said, like, talk about J.I.'s importance to this team. I'll paraphrase, but Mosley goes on to say that this is this guy is 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 so good that he is that good that he is going to be at some point part of the all defensive team conversation, and furthermore could eventually be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Now, some of us Magic fans thinks think that even a few years ago he would have been if he wasn't you know to that point if he didn't get injured. Yep. So it shouldn't be surprising, but it is still surprising because of the injuries and the the rehab that J.I.'s had to go through that he is still at this level and that it's not just us. It's not just us that are saying it. So it was just awesome to hear after a win that Jonathan Isaac plays a role in and is in the closing lineup despite a poor shooting performance for him to say he is that good, that he can be that great defensively and also not shoot that well and still be trusted to be in this game and affect the game because that's exactly what he did. Yeah. If you ask any magic fan that really follows the team, we've, we've said all it takes for Jonathan Isaac, if he's on the floor, he's defensive team conversation. Yeah. Like if he's on the floor, he's in that Mm -hmm. conversation. And so to actually see it happening now, 16 minutes, 17 minutes, you get two days off, you know, between Saturday and Tuesday before this road trip starts. I mean, are those numbers going to continue to go up? You know, maybe, especially right now without Wendell, there's, there is room on the floor in this rotation for more minutes for Jonathan Isaac, if he can handle it. Um, so can we hit 20 minutes here in a little bit in this season? I don't know if it'll be this week, but in the next couple of weeks, is he going to hit a 20 minute game? Is that in the cards? It might be. I mean, that's, it's kind of hard to imagine as a Magic fan seeing Jonathan Isaac on the floor for 20 whole minutes in a basketball game. But he played 17 on Saturday, which is great. Obviously, really pumped about that and just pumped about this this game as a whole. Uh, it's a big win against a really good team. Well, I mean, you're as good as them right now so far. Both teams 5-4, and four, mm-hmm. but good stuff for the Magic. Any other thoughts about this, this Bucks game or this whole week, Luke, before we look ahead? Yeah, just kind of the, the last thing that I'll, I'll leave you guys with about this Bucks game specifically. Once again, you know, Trey Young in Mexico City, you lose by one, he drops 41. Giannis drops 35. He's a minus 11 in this one because mm. the Magic are just in control of this game, especially in that first half. You assert your dominance and then basically play even the rest of the way, and that's all it takes to win. You, you get out of this game a 15-point win to this point, and I said this in our group chat, Kevin, earlier uh, in the week. I said... The Bucks are five and three, yet they have a two point, a minus two point three point differential. To this point, mm-hmm. they have been in close games and they've been losing. 
and and winning some of them, obviously. But they were five and three. My mindset was with this team, don't let them get back on track against you. You can't let it happen. And I was fearful that the Bucks would get back on track against the Magic, you know, wallop us at our own place and send us away with our tail between our legs. But instead, we did the opposite. We sent them home with them thinking, we got to go back to the drawing board. We need to figure something out. Because mm. at this point, you now have like a minus four, I believe it was, for the point differential. Minus 3.6 for Milwaukee now after that loss to the Magic. And they sit at the same record as we do. Says a lot about the Magic. The Bucks will be just fine. They were with, they were without Damian Lillard in this one, but it's still, you got to think the Magic are starting to be the cause of other teams' problems and them thinking we got to go back to the drawing board. So just mm. once again, hats off to the Magic. This young group of guys, they don't stop fighting. They don't make excuses. And they're figuring it out how to win. And that is going to be the course of this season. Yes, you're good. You have potential. You've got the talent. But can you win close basketball games? And can you avoid close basketball games? The Magic avoided close basketball game in this one against a former champion in recent years. And the finals MVP, MVP of the league. It's just incredible. Yeah. You talk about close games. Luke, as we look ahead to the week ahead, mm-hmm. I I can promise you there will be at least one close game because I think this is a, a very interesting stretch. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the show and I wanted to circle back to it. If you ask me, first off, I, there's, there's no question. This week ahead is the most important week of the Magic season thus far. Like for sure. Yeah, you've played some big games, all that kind of stuff. A lot of them are against Western Conference teams teams that are you're not going to directly be competing with for playoff positioning or seeding. Whereas this week, that's all you're playing. And not just that, you add the in-season tournament to that. It's just a huge week. I'll just recap it again. Tuesday, we play at Brooklyn, which is an in-season tournament game, the first of the Magic season. Wednesday, you're in Chicago. That's a back-to-back. Tuesday, Wednesday, that's always tough. Friday, you're at Chicago again, this time for an in-season tournament game. And then Sunday, you're at the Pacers in Indianapolis to round out this four-game road trip that takes up this entire week. I mean, we talk about, again, the fact that this is Brooklyn, Chicago, twice, and Indy. All three teams are teams that most people project to be in the same kind of category as the Magic when it comes to the, the season you know, predictions and standings and all those kinds of things. We saw last year those head-to-head matchups with teams that were kind of in that same range as the Magic ended up being you know, the difference, obviously, when it comes down to seeding, you know, every game matters. As, you know, the Magic would know last season, you're just a couple games away from being in a play-in spot. I very well expect these teams that we're playing against, most if not all of them, to be within a handful of games of the Magic, one way or the other, you know, whether the Magic are behind them or the Magic are in front of them. But this week is huge for not just the regular season, but again, the in-season tournament. That's a, that's a thing that I think the Magic are really going to try to go for. I think most teams are. If, if you haven't had a chance to watch any of the in-season tournament games from the other teams, most of them have been really fun, really competitive. And I think the Magic will try to do the same thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a really big week. Uh, Luke, I'd love to kind of hear, before we talk about predictions and things, your thoughts about this week. And as we mentioned, you know, the competitors that we're facing, but also the whole idea of the in-season tournament tipping off. Before the NBA season 
Jonathan and I previewed and gave predictions for the standings. All of these teams are in the same realm that I have the magic in the season, right? Yeah. Some of you guys will know in that projection list, I had the magic at sixth. Was I feeling bold that night? Yes. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if I'm being quite honest. Mm-mm. And I had the Bulls eighth, Pacers ninth, and the Nets thirteenth. All these teams I projected would finish worse than the Magic. This is a measuring stick week. To this point, you have really played teams that you think to be maybe better than you or worse than you. Right? So obviously we know the losses or the wins the Magic had early, the Houston, Portland games. You expected those to happen. You should beat those teams. And it's a great sign that Magic beat those teams. Yeah. Magic dropping games to the Clippers, the Lakers. You get your revenge against the Lakers. You've had some impressive wins already in the season against teams that are known to be better in terms of talent and will probably and likely finish higher in the standings. So now you sit at the point of, okay, now we're playing teams that are more considered on our level. How are you going to do it? The Pacers look good. The Nets look good. The Bulls are struggling. Yeah, they really are. And that is crazy to me that that's like what we're looking at. Not shocking, right? Like they, they were one of the primed candidates of what I said in that episode to be a team to blow it up and why I had them finishing eighth in the East because I think at some point they trade away a key piece and they're still not good, like bad enough to be the worst. Right. Unless they just blow everything up, right? And then they end up being way worse than eighth. So yeah, this is a measuring stick week. It's a big week. The end season tournament first that we will see for the Magic in Brooklyn. Similar court as well to the Magic with that gray look. So we'll get kind of a look to see if you haven't already seen it what these courts look like, especially with that gray because a lot of teams opted for it because they don't want to go too loud like a lot of teams got talked into, I think. Yeah. I... What I mentioned when, when I talk about this on on the uh, Saturday post game live, if you ask me, and we're about to predict this in a second, you have to win this five game stretch. I know this week is four games, but the game um, following that is next Tuesday against the Raptors, another team that's in that realm where you expect the Magic to finish this five game stretch, the most winnable five game stretch of this team's season thus far. You have to win this five game stretch, you have to go at least three and two. If you ask me anything less than that, I I would be very disappointed. I think this team is good enough to do three and two. I think this team is good enough to go four and one. (laughs) I mean, this seems good enough to go five and oh, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and predict five and oh, I think this team has what it takes to go five and oh, but speaking about just this week, nets, bulls, bulls, pacers, Luke, how are you feeling going into this with all those things we just discussed? in-season tournament, all those things, what's your your record prediction for the Magic this week? More than talent in this league, it comes down to the schedule and what yeah. is, what context. You have to add context. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned in these week-ahead predictions. I'm super heavy on the scheduling and what it looks like Yeah, because that's how the NBA goes. These teams are all capable of winning games, but it's how the NBA schedule sets you up. This game, this week, I've got the Magic going 2-2. Two and two. Mm. And I'll kind of talk through that here quickly, but I think you win this game in Brooklyn. I think you win this in-season tournament game. I think it's a statement win in the start of this measuring stick type of week. You win that game. I think 
Wednesday, you lose. You drop it because it's coming off a of back-to-back, logistically speaking. The Bulls are not in that scenario at all. I think the Bulls played today uh, on Sunday as we record this against the Pistons, got a one-point win. They play the Bucks on Monday, and then they play us on Wednesday. So they get that day break. The Magic don't get that. They're going back-to-back. That's a loss to me. Friday, Magic get their revenge just a couple days later. It's one thing I like as well. You lose to the Lakers. <laughs> You play them shortly after at home. You get the win. Um, I, I like these these type of series, to be honest with you. Gives you a chance to ba- bounce back, keep your confidence, especially going against that team. So, yeah, Magic lose on Wednesday. Magic win on Friday. Now, Kevin, what is this BS against the Pacers, bro? We play, this, we play on Sunday after we play, obviously, that game against the Bulls on Friday. The Pacers play Tuesday their end season tournament game against the Sixers, they don't play again till Sunday. Well, no. That's what the schedule says. Am I missing that, something? That that would be insane. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I got to check this out. I'm, I don't, it's not that I don't believe you, but I just... No, I just is, don't know if it's some weird end season. Like, that is hard to believe. They're waiting on something to schedule. There's no way, right? Um, you know, that's what, you're right. It's so crazy to me. They're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the Pacers, who have been playing well, um, all things considered, they're 6-4. and four, And they play the Sixers in their in-season tournament on Tuesday, where I'm sure they'll go hard. But it's not going to matter, because they can rest for almost a four week. Four days off. Yeah. So That is crazy. And then they get to play at home. Right. So it's not like they even have to travel at any point for that. Hmm. So I that's why I think the Magic dropped this game, unfortunately, just due to scheduling circumstance. That's a crazy circumstance and scenario to me. I don't I don't know how that's the case. Yeah. Screw you, NBA, first of all. Mm. But yeah, I think you definitely lose that game as a result. I listen, I'm like you said, I am open and hopeful that the Magic go four and this week. But realistically, the back-to-back against the Bulls and then the Pacers get an eternity to rest before they play you again on that Sunday. Two and two seems reasonable. I hope it's three and one. I hope that you beat the Nets, beat the Bulls twice, and then you can afford a loss against the Pacers after that. I wouldn't blame the Magic for losing that game if we're being completely honest. Yeah, Luke, going into this, before I even asked you about it, that was my exact prediction. Win-loss, win-loss. Uh. Typically, I would be. I'm a competitive guy, so typically I would change my answer just to try to beat you. Yeah, I beat you know, Jonathan last or, week. By the way, for everybody listening, keeping track. I'm sure you, you aren't, but I beat Jonathan. There you go. Anyway, and on one side, Luke, the idea of the Pacers having four days off compared to your normal one day rest seems to favor the Pacers, obviously, and I think it does. But there is a world, Luke, in which this high powered offense mm-hmm. of the Pacers, this three-point heavy offense of the Pacers gets four days off and is a little bit, you know, rusty on Sunday. So maybe the Magic can catch them, you know, off their game on Sunday in Indianapolis. But I'm still going to stick to the prediction. I have the same prediction. I think you beat the Nets, lose on the back-to-back in Chicago, uh, which is only the second back-to-back of the season so far for the Magic, by the way. Mm. Uh, lose in Chicago. You you beat them on Friday in the season tournament game, and then lose on Sunday to the Pacers. I'm telling you guys, if we're two and zero, 
in the in-season tournament going back home next week for our two in-season tournament games. Whew, that's going to be about spicy. Your chances. You feel good about your chances. And just the energy at Amway um, is going to be really spicy. Yeah, the other thing I'll add, you talk about the Pacers having high-powered offense, the best offense in the league by offensive yeah. rating standards at 122 and some change, 122.2. And wow. um, to give you some context, the Magic are not at 122.2. <laughs> And but defensively, the Pacers are one of the worst in the league, right? To this point, right? I mean, you see it. The Sixers scored like one thirty something, yeah, one thirty nine or whatever yeah. it was. So yeah. there, like you said, there is a world where they they come out rusty. They don't know how to play defense anyway. So the Magic yeah. just are able to take advantage of that and hopefully steamroll them at Indiana. That would be a huge statement win, in my opinion, with all the odds against you. But yeah, there is a chance. They kind of clam up a little bit. They're knocking the rust off on Sunday, and and they're not ready to go. Yeah, and also don't forget this Pacers team gave up 52, 54, something like that to Giannis on Thursday before the Magic shut him, you know, quote-unquote, slowed him down to a a slow 35 or whatever (laughs) we did. So, you know, yeah, Pacers defense is bad. But yeah, that game was very interesting. Regardless of the schedule, I'm really interested in that game just for the whole offense versus defense thing. It's like football, you know, best one of the best offenses mm-hmm. versus one of the best defenses. Something has to give, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So huge, huge week for the Magic ahead. I, I can't wait to see how it goes. I'm really, really hopeful. I hope this team can put together some good performances, some complete performances over the course of these games to, to have a winning record during this very winnable five-game stretch. Um, Luke, it's been a fun one tonight. You got any other final thoughts before we call it a night? No, it's a thick boy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys are mm. here at this point, man. Go Magic. It is good to talk about a win most recently. Yeah. This team just continues to honestly impress me. And uh, hopefully this week is a good one. I think it will be. I got a good feeling about it. Absolutely. So just a reminder again, folks, Friday, the first six-man show, Orlando Magic, Michelob Ultra Watch Party. Uh, again, it's going to get started right around 7.30 before the game tubes off at 8. That'll be at Wall Street Plaza again this Friday. Uh, and don't forget, Tuesday night as well, we'll be on playback for the Magic's first in-season tournament game against the Nets. Tuesday night, that game tips off at 7.30. You can join us on playback. And of course, tune in to the post-game live after each and every Orlando Magic game. And then we'll be back on Thursday for another episode of the Six Man Show. Hopefully, Jonathan is back by then. Obviously, hope you're feeling better, bro. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. But for Luke Sylvia, I'm producer Kevin. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!